Thank you to Andrew Bakita. You are the reason why we are reviewing Conan the Barbarian. To crush your enemies, see them driven from before you, and to hear the lamentations of their women. I'll, I'll, I'll. Welcome back to Tales of Two Bros. I am Angel. I'm Adon. Where we give you a review at least once a week. Fight alert. So Conan the Barbarian came out in 1982 on Rotten Tomatoes. It is a score of 66% by the critics and 74% by the audience. After re-watching it, I have to be a little higher, best individual. These are all averages scores. What about you, Adon? Do you agree initially with where the score is with Rotten Tomatoes? No, I don't. I would put it a little bit higher or right off the bat, just to spoilers worse than that review. Granted, it's a law of average, but see, uh, from the critics, uh, I would be like, no, man, this should be higher. I mean, it's been out since 1982, so you probably have critics talking about it or reviewing it later on, what have you. This movie has a lot of flaws, but it's still very entertaining. There are some plot holes here and there, some nitpicks, if you will. But this is a fantasy film where it's timeless, just like Lord of the Rings, Star Wars. Speaking of Star Wars, we'll get to that because there are some relations or similarities, but you have two actors in it that are in Star Wars. Let's go into that right now. So starring in Conan Barbarian, you have the lead, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Then you have Darth Vader himself, James Earl Jones, playing who? Thulsa Doom. He was awesome. Then you have also uh, the sidekick, Subotai, played by Jerry Lopez, which was interesting. So he's like a Latino, an Asian. It happens. It happened around that time a lot. Yeah, but at one time, he sounded Mexican. Sound like a Chicano. Hey, man, what'd you get this for? He talks to Macau. And there you go, Macau, where his voice is iconic. Every time I hear his voice, I always think of Abu. From, from Is it Abu? Samurai Jack? Oh. Am <laughs> I saying it wrong? Um, Aku. 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 <laughs> Abu is from, uh, the monkey from Aladdin. That's why I was laughing. <laughs> right? I was like that. I was like, I, I love that show. I can't believe I forgot. And then also, he was the uncle in The Last Airbender, Avatar. Oh, yes, that's right. He was the voice of Iro. Oh, uh, I You also have here William Smith. He was the father of Conan. He was in Red Dawn, Any Which Way But Loose. Um, he is also Draga from the Justice League's cartoon. Draga. I think it sounds like. Yeah, I'm trying to put a face to the character. I'm... Watch, it'll dawn on me like later on. I'll be like, oh, Drava. <laughs> right. Uh, also, sorry, the love interest was Sandal Bergman. She was in also Red Sonia. She was the villain. Arnold Schwarzenegger was in that as well. Yo, that was what was bugging me because I don't Google check these people before. You always do that part. But I was like, man, she is familiar and I recognize her from something. And I love Red Sonia, and I really do. Uh, like I watched that not too long ago, just on a whim. So yes, stood right out. Like I recognize her, but it's totally different hair. Covers her face like half the time in Red Sonia. That's funny. <laughs> but she's also in the movie called Zanadu. She has a small part. She plays like one of the angels, or Olivia Newton-John's 
uh, character's sister, and Kimberly loves Zanadu. I didn't like that movie too, even though it's a it's a mess of a film, but it has some really good moments. And she's in that. That's what's great about like these movies where you see it again after so much time, and, and you see these actors who are like probably just starting out with small roles, and then later on they get bigger roles. You're like, oh wow, they're in this movie. But also you have here. Max Van Sydow, he was the king that hired them to rescue the daughter. Mm. He's in The Force Awakens. So again, another Star Wars movie. He was also Ming in Flash Gordon. Oh, Ming? That's him. Wow. So I thought you would get a kick out of that because I know you love Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon is like one of those guilty pleasures because it's like utterly ridiculous. I'm not going to lie. It's completely ridiculous. But it's fun. Only like the side characters, like the Hawk guy. Yeah, no, I agree. The side characters uh, are way better than Flash himself. This is directed and co-written by John Milius. He was best friends or still best friend um, fight with Steven Spielberg, George Lucas, Brian Tapalm. Also co-written this was Oliver Stone. And you know Oliver Stone from like Platoon, Wall Street, JFK, he did. Nature. But John Milius, he has also written a lot, as well as directed some. I'll go over some of the stuff that he has written and given credit as screenwriter Dirty Harry, Dillinger, Magnum Force, The Wind and the Lion, Apocalypse Now, 1941, that comedy movie with John Belushi, Red Dawn, the first one, Geronimo, an American legend. Fair and Present Danger with Harrison Ford starring as, as Jack Ryan and Rough Riders, which was a made-for-television miniseries starring Tom Berenger, and he also directed. So this guy has a list of accomplishments by writing, directing, producing. I know he did this, and I saw a documentary on him, and, and he, he stopped doing stuff because he fell down. He fell with an illness that made him incoherent, unfortunately. The composer, and we're going to mess this up, Basil Odaris. Kind of hard to say. But the music, just like Star Wars, Raiders of the Lost Ark, is very iconic when you hear Conan's theme. It's one of those themes, like once you hear it, kind of like uh, like Star Wars people out there, Mandalorian. Like when you hear the theme from Mandalorian, you feel a certain kind of pump going on. Like You, you feel like uh, like energized. Same thing with Conan. When you hear that theme, is very um, aggressive without being aggressive, if that makes sense. In the sense that, like, you, you can you feel like that rhythm and tribal like. So to me, it was like it feels more like a, a rocky kind of music where it pumps you up, like you want to work out. Like you can listen to it working out, like rocky. Music. Yeah, you can listen I agree. to it. Well, you know, work out. Like you hear this music, you want to take down a village and chop some heads and cut off some snakes. You know, I was like, yeah, yeah. But anyway, let's get into this. Of course, Conan is a legend of a character. Seen him in comic books, graphic novels. He's been around a long time. Yeah, predating the movie for a while. Yes. This is a fantasy film. Mm -hmm. So the fat, you know, when you have liberations with your creativity in a sense of costumes and fight fighting style. This is very similar to the Star Wars especially the original trilogy, where the sword fighting is very Japanese, very the idol. There's a training montage at the beginning of the movie, and they show that he gets like training from other areas, 
one of them kind of alludes that it's more of that style, even though like prior to that, he was more barbaric with his style. So well, he was more in a sense of winging it, improvising, uh, exactly. surviving. Oh, he was like a lot. gladiator. Yeah, exactly right. What I find also funny is that when he, in that scene, when he's meeting the Japanese master, that he's wearing a headband, and that headband is a white belt. Because <laughs> it couldn't fit around the waist. That or his head was too big. Maybe he has a huge-ass forehead to be able to fit, but that's a white belt. I looked at it, I was like, Holy crap. Yes, the fighting style is very Japanese. You can't deny it. And that what to me brings up not just with the acting, but also the action. It just brings up the movie that much higher. And going with the acting, you have like just like Star Wars, George Lucas felt he needed a at least one actor that was established. And that was Sir Alec Guinness. Here he had two of them. He had James Earl Jones and he had Sir Max, when, uh, I'm not saying he's a sir, I'm not sure he was a sir, but Max Van Sadow. Those two guys, even though they were small parts, especially from Max, it just brought up the credibility of the movie. I actually like the performances of most of the actors that came to the table. The only one I do have a problem was Sabatai, because his voice, it sounded like his voice was dubbed by another actor. It sounded like the guy from the old monk from Kung Fu starring David Carradine. Well, that was one thing I was going to say. Like the audio at times sounded like they redubbed over their own voices, not just for him, but like for other characters. I think that was just a filming technique at the time because those films back in the 80s, depending on the production company, they were like fly by night, like let's get it out there, get it done as fast as possible. And I beg to differ. No, a lot of films, they do is especially if they're out of location, okay. they record their voices in a studio after the filming is done in post-production because of audio, maybe the mic doesn't pick up correctly or that there's planes flying overhead or some kind of noise. So they go back into the studio and redo it. Okay, that makes sense. So let's say his voice sounded really different in comparison to Conan's, where Conan sounded very localized, very there, where his sounded like, oh, like two, five notches higher. A little bit with Macau too, but you always had that issue. I never heard of Macau, his voice sounding like so leveled. It was always a little higher. James Earl Jones, great villain. Perfect betrayal. Oh my God. Jesus. I, did, I forgot how good he was at this and how thin he was. Well, yeah, he's much thinner uh, then than he is like now and whatnot. But well, of course, but he had a V. He did yeah. on the on the end scene when he's getting his, before he gets his head chopped off and Conan comes from behind. Crap, this guy was jacked, mm-hmm. and he was good. He did a couple films where he was a boxer, his thing that so he was in shape. Just to speak about him, he had some of the best quotes, and like the movie had is full of great quotes. But, like, if you're looking for villain quotes, he is a guy that, like, he not only delivers the parts, but he makes you feel those villain quotes. And I'm going to kind of jump ahead a little bit here. One of my favorite scenes for quoting, and not really quoting, but just for the dialogue, it's almost like a monologue, is when he has Conan all pretty much defeated, uh, talking about the uh, the value of steel. The whole movie, beginning premise, is like, Steel is better than men, women, children, and everything. Steel is reliable. You can't trust 
humanity. You can trust your steel. It's like better than a horse. And with also Doom, he literally tells him, what is the power of steel compared to the power of flesh? And he gives him like these beautiful lines. Like he's talking about like manipulating people and how people will just do things for him. And he compares that to, oh, you have a sword. People will die for me. But he says it in such a beautiful way. He has a hypnotic presence and voice. But not just that he has a, a you know, a hypnotic voice, but he's like a, a witch himself because he can, can transform into a snake as himself. Yes, which they don't really ever truly oh, allude to, yeah. like how that is or what it is, but you just go with it. Um, but that goes with the whole fantasy aspect of it. Yes, there are so many great scenes. My favorite scene is when they go to rescue the girl, the princess. They're all in makeup. Oh, you mean the one where they, it looks like he's from Commando? <laughs> yeah, I, I forgot that's how his makeup was in Commando too. Very all over the Boston face, and they, they, yeah. she did it better though. I, I, I think her oh. outfit for because it, it was like right on the money. <laughs> no, she looked great. She looked great. But the whole scene, this presentation, the music pumping. Granted, there are some full pause in there as well, but overall, it's a great rescue action scene. Mm-hmm. Like the full pause, in my opinion, is like. You see guys standing there waiting to get hit. And they're like, yeah. So I was like, oh, come on. Especially at the end, before she gets taken out, she fights four guys, two at a time. Mm-hmm. And there's two guys just waiting there. And then after she fights the two guys, they're just still waiting there. And then she just, she poses. And then she goes and just slaps her sword. And then they start moving. And then she just does the wall crawl with a slash. And then I think she actually she- shoot the guy. I think she hurt the guy. She probably did. Um, but like, and they also had, okay, so the fights for me weren't the best, but they're memorable and fun. She might have actually hurt the guy. He, it, either that or he just hammed up his death. No. Because it looked like he, he was just like. But that just that, before that happens, right? Because he's supposed to do a down, he's supposed to do a down strike. Yeah. And she does an up strike to hit his chin but the way it happens the way he reacts and i guess the contact you see her she pauses instead of like you would normally run she pauses like and kind of like carefully pulls out the sword away from him maybe she like realized she got too deep in there granted the swords are props there's blood in the sword so when they do the strikes there's a button they hit or when they when the sword makes contact I suppose so, but like there's there's always there's countless cases of um, malfunctions with uh, you know stunt crews and stunt equipment. It happens, no, of course, right? Well, I'm just saying, like if you look at that scene again, that little impact, you see how she reacts. It's like almost she breaks character to see, oh my god, are you okay? Yeah, but then she remembers to be in character and to continue. Like she didn't hear a cut. I mean, still overall, I just find that rescue scene just well done. What about the giant snake pit? That was okay. That was a little comical. Especially when she was like, the infidels. <laughs> he looks down, he sees her. <laughs> right. But she does it with a knife in her hand. Yes. So wait a minute. Why do you have a knife? But what's funny on that part is that when everyone finds out that the snake is beheaded and the people are climbing the ropes, she is running still in the, in the outfit and she does a quarrel like oh no it's like all right you're not blending in you kind of stick out sorts up even as well with simple-minded 
plan was. Even though he was a fierce warrior and should it be Conan the Conqueror, King. Conan the King, he made a lot of silly mistakes. Like he takes down that gay priest, he dresses, but he has his medallion still on. Yes, I was actually remember, I remember that scene. And I remember watching it and I paused it, looked back and like gave himself away. And you see the security guard just like, I call him a security guard, what, what better term? And he's like looking at it, looks at the guy. <laughs> and you see him as Conan's walking up, he's walking by, you see him flagging everybody else. That guy over there. But had, not, but not that, but he had that little like sailor hand, uh, driving wheel, whatever thing on his neck. Yeah, the state, the state medallion. No, he didn't have, he didn't wear it. He had it. Yeah. But he also had a little like medallion kind of thing. It was a wheel looking thing. And he had that also. He had the snake medallion um, somewhere else. How about that? Pendant, dependent. But no, when he, after he's in the priest car, he's like, hey guys, hey, what's going on? Hey, what's going on? Like, like out of character where everyone else is. And he asked, everyone else is like praying or bowing, like hello. But he's like, hey, let's go. Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm a part of you. Yeah, don't get me. Yep, yep. I'm with you guys. That will probably be true of his character. He's not like a, an actor, as it were. Like, he's not like a clever thief. Like, the others were supposed to be the clever thieves. He was supposed to be, maybe like, I'm a thief. I'm smart. But I'm not charismatic smart. You know? Well, he's not really a thief. He became one. Yeah, when he met his best he's a, he's a gladiator. He's a warrior. Yeah. Oh, speaking of that, is he a Viking? No. Yes, because they referred to him as a Norseman uh, at one point. The Northman, and the, yeah. he referred to Valhalla. Yes. So, and I'm like, that will, who's, well, who is Grom part of that Norse religion? I've never heard of Krom outside of Conan. Krom could be an actual religious god in some mythology. I feel like the origins of Conan is so loose that they probably got it wrong. <laughs> I feel like. Because like so much here, I'm looking like Thulsa Doom is like set. That's an Egyptian god. So like I said, this is fantasy. So you can blend in. Like yeah, can, it's clearly you have, blended. You have a mixture of Japanese armor and North's armor too. Yeah, which is fine. But it was just like I was just a little confused in a sense. And plus, Rob is of the earth, which makes sense of steel because steel it's from the earth. But he prays upward. Mm-hmm. That was a little things I, I got me a little confused. Before we go into our dislikes or nitpicks, I have to say the women in here are pretty damn fine. His mother, sexy as hell. The witch that he slept with, sexy as hell. That was a weird scene. Yes. <laughs> well, Laria, sexy in her own way. She had that little like rocker look. Mm-hmm. Princess, and they got, then they started to get a little basic. Like that, but those three—the mother, the witch, Valaria, sexy as hell women. Uh, the the witch, yes, her voice a little deep. Well, when like she crawled up to him in bed, uh, like on the floor, I was like, you see him like reacting to her crawling up to him. I'm like, bro, that's that that's just not natural. That that's straight up not natural. <laughs> she's crawling like a beast. Exactly. The whole when they're having sex and. She looks like she's in pain. She mm. looks like she does not, she doesn't look like she's enjoying herself. But here's another thing that little makes no sense. So she welcomes him there and then he leaves 
I'm guessing the next morning and sabotage there. Sabotai didn't see him walking towards the witch's house. Does it worry or anything? That's the other thing. I mean, that's how much of how much of a guy is Conan that like he just sees some freaky werewolf witch stuff, and then he just stays the night. He's like, she left. I'm good. Sleep <laughs> unless they cut it to another time later on that we don't know about. But it just seems really weird. Right yeah. after that happens, he just stays there, still sleeps, then he sees his, his best friend soon to be right outside. Yeah, which still doesn't make sense because even if it was later on, how did he get there that much later on? It just like still doesn't make sense. So I did like the chemistry between him and Sobotai. There were some moments where they just seemed like they mesh really well together. Do you know uh, Jerry Lopez who plays Sobotai? He used to be a professional surfer. Did not know that? He was a professional surfer. He actually did a couple more roles in other films like North Shore. He did that movie. He was, I guess he was surfer or coach in that one. He has a surf shop now. Well, like what I was going to say is like, um, I, I like like their chemistry. So like uh, the scene when they're talking at the fire and they're speaking to the gods and they were comparing their gods and Krom is, uh, he's talking about how great Krom is. It kind of shows like how they have their own biases. At the same time, they can get along because he goes, your God's not that great. My God controls the entire sky and yours lives underneath it. And it's like he left them without like speechless, like to think right. about that. I thought that was hilarious. I would say of all the fight scenes, maybe the final epic fight scene is probably one of the best. Okay. Where they set up the traps and everything. It's like has the most intensity in in. Most uh, because I had issues like like you were saying there were some issues with some of the fights in there. I think it was the most uh, rehearsed uh, as it goes. It was cleaner. It was definitely cleaner. You know the one that the guy who gets stabbed in that desert scene when he hit, when he hits it was like it was kind of like Predator. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, actually, he's in Predator. He was a pro wrestler, right? I'm not sure if he's a pro wrestler, but he's like best friend. Look, he looks like. Well, with that, with that wig he had on, yeah. They all, yeah, their wigs are all looking like helmet hair. Yeah, but I can't remember his name, but him and Arnold have done several movies together. It was like a stunt double at one time, or he'll just be a, a, an extra player and be killed. He's in Predator in that rescue scene when Arnold takes down the Mexico, the truck, and it crashes into the people. And then he... He was like one of the stuntmen? He was the guy who... He shot the guy in the head where they're all watching, right? They're all watching everyone in and they, they see this one general, if you will, shoot off. Oh, he was, he, was the, he was the guy that they were supposed to rescue. No, no, not rescue. He, was, he wasn't supposed to be rescued. He was, he was the guy they were supposed to rescue from. I would say they were Russian infiltrating, right? Oh, so not the one he said stick around. No, because that was someone else. He shot him off the platform. We didn't. Uh, yeah. Yeah. But he's been in multiple films with Arnold. Now, some nitpicks I, that I saw watching this. Yes. The part when young Kunin, right before the village gets attacked, he's ice fishing. There's no hole in the ice. Because why make it easy on yourself? With his fishing rod, whatever that's, you know, he's tapping the ice and then he just sits down like he's fishing. True fishermen don't need to touch the water. Or the ice, apparently. <laughs> oh, when Conan, young Conan has been taken, right? And yeah. 
pulled by kids in the snow, all the kids' ties are loose. Like you can just go like this, whip your head around and get out. But then when they get closer to where he's being dropped off to push the conveyor, if you will, it's a little tighter, which I find is like, okay, that's not in continuity. And he yells, Ooh, Arnie? Oh, oh yeah, that's the that's the cliche Arnold uh, trope. Probably started from there. I don't think so because there's so much of it. I just find it, and it's more apparent because he doesn't talk that much. Because when you really watch it, not in the beginning, like over half the film, he's like just real quiet. Even when they're talking about Tulsa Doom, a lot of times he just stays quiet, which I get. That's the character and everything. You you hear that a lot, especially when he's getting. Well, oh, here we go. Here's another thing. When he in the first gladiator fight, when he's being bitten, yes, that that was a very prominent. Right, but guess what? How is he getting bit in the neck when he has a choker? I thought it was his shoulder. Day was it? Like the guy like went from here to here and back, and then you see all the blood, and then he like wipes it off. It's like nothing there. No, I know, but he's doing this as if he is getting, as if he was being bit in the, as, uh, as he was bit in the neck. Yeah, yeah. But he wasn't. I know. He has a thick ass choker. <laughs> so I'm thinking, where is he bit? Is it, is it like in the clavicle right here or cervical, cervical, clavicle, clavicle? There was a lot of problems with that scene. Like when he did a knockout, oh. the knockout hit for the guy. It's kind of like he was trying to break the neck. Yeah, but we, it was the we weirdest hit. So you knew exactly what I was talking about as soon as I said, like, yeah. <laughs> they showed it like two, three times that he did it. It's like, it's not working. No, it was, well, there's this third, it, like, third time works. It was like the Van Damme kick, but you're like, that's not functional. <laughs> but it better work for him. I mean, granted, the guy was freaking muscular as all hell. But I have to say, it's a lot of the cinematography was done very well. A lot of the hero shots. Mm-hmm. When Conan comes back out, when he fires the, his new sword and he chops off the sh- shackle. Yes. Then he just holds the sword back up and then he looks in camera. Very powerful. It does two things for me letting us know that he's the hero he's meant to be, mm-hmm. but also he's going to take down the dogs. He's not looking just at us. I was about to say that was dogs. It was to me, it was clear like. Those dogs are not long for this world. He was clear. And then next scene, fully covered in belts. <laughs> yes, which is a great edit. That's a great cut. The show is like, that's what happened. All those, all those dogs that chased him, he's wearing them. Very similar to like Hercules, where Hercules wears the head of the lion that he killed. Yeah. I get this movie in the 80s. I scored it in the 80s and the Rotten Tomatoes. Rotten Tomatoes has it at 66 for the critics, 74 by the audience. Again, these scores are averages, so you know there's some people who find it higher. I support that. I understand how some people can rate this lower. Mm-hmm. Like I said, it's dated. It is dated in some way or one way or another. It is still good. I think this picture quality, even up-rest, still looked pretty good. Oh, it still holds up. Yeah. The, the, the quality holds up, because I saw it on Netflix. Where did you see it? I, I had to see it on Netflix, too, but I could only see Netflix on my computer, so smaller screen. The only thing that was bad quality was actually before the movie started, where they had like the production company, whatever, like the like Warner Brothers, whatever you want to call it, those things. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, that was weak. But 
the film itself looked great. One thing I would say, uh, two things actually. Uh, one that I liked is like the whole narrative of it. Oh, from a cop. Yeah. A lizard. And yeah. Uh, the the retelling and the way they end it. Because I don't, you know, I could be wrong. And if anybody knows this, uh, you know, tell us in the, in the comments. I don't believe they had the intent to make a sequel right off the bat. So the way they ended it was just great. You know, like, they're t and you see King Conan, like, beard and all. And they was like, that's a tale for another line. Right. The way it ended gave the illusion that there could be sequels. Exactly. Which I love. Then Conan the Destroyer came. And then killed any other possible sequels. A lot of people didn't like that. Although, like, I still argue, like, I know Red Sonja is not a sequel to Conan, but damn if it doesn't feel like a sequel to Conan. It's in the same universe, and he's not but it's it. not correct. He only agreed to it to help the producers, mm -hmm. and then he found out that was, there was more of him instead of her, Yeah, and he was getting upset, and I think he found a way to get out. can't remember. But, oh, and I, I like Red Sonja because also, who else is in it? Oh, um... The movie I remember Arnie, Arnie Race Jr., the kid from The Last Dragon, who also was in Ninja Turtles 2, uh, who was also one of the turtles in the original film. I always remember him, him from Surf Ninjas. Yeah. That's one of your, and that's one of your favorite it's, movies, too. It's so, a, yeah. like, it's a little, brothers don't surf. <laughs> yes. Surf. Oh my God. It's cheesy. So much fun. The one thing I uh, I will say, I, I forgot how long the movie was. Yes. Oh my God. Me too. It's like over two hours long. I was like, how can I? I was like, was it over two hours? I, I thought it was two hours. Yes. No, it was over two hours. Because I checked the time and like, oh, I was like, wow, I have an hour and 30 minutes left. It was already like 30 some minutes. I'm like, oh my God. Honestly, I think they were just focusing more, not so much on the backstory, but like the, the travel scenes. Some of those travel scenes just seem so long. With, with him and his partner? Yeah, him and his partner, or like they're yeah, just like they're throwing, running, flowing, uh, showing the parties and stuff like that. Some of that could have been trimmed up. They were shot on locations, and some of those locations are absolutely beautiful. And then I feel like the crucifix, uh, crucifixion scene, I couldn't help but think of Cyborg. Oh, I just thought of Christ. No, I, I, was, th I was absolutely, I mean, 80s film, I was thinking about John Claude Van Damme when. <laughs> oh, cyborg, cyborg! I'm thinking talk about DC cyborg. Oh, you know what? Oh, <laughs> but no, but Christ, because well, it's crucifixion. Yes, but the way he was also crucified or hung, he had the the spikes through the wrists. Mm -hmm. Even though, even though Christ had it through the hand, I think they proven like uh, that's more functional. Could well, be wrong. You could, could just he could hang here. Yeah. If you put it a hand, you it would rip. rip. Yeah, right. Here you have the wrist to stop, the top of the hand to stop, and, it's, and there's a uh, entryway between. Mm -hmm. But you also have the spikes through the shins. Oh, I missed that part. Oh, I was, yeah, I wasn't looking down. Yeah, all, the whole thing when there's a fall or when there's a pullback shot or a far shot, you see that it's on his wrist and right above his ankles in the shins. I was like, yeah, because I remember they zoomed in when they were wrapping him. You see the the wrists. Right, you see, which you see the the scars, which afterwards the, he always wears something on his arms. I noticed that. What? Well, he always had. Did he? I thought it was. I, I thought the gauntlets weren't there before. He had that before. Yeah, he had that before. Yeah, yeah. It was very, I guess, popular. His father had it when he was making the sword and all that stuff. I want to say all the time. I don't think he had it in the rescue scene. 
I will say one more thing. The whole montage about how he got him a boy to a man just by pushing something and becoming as built as he was. A, number one, they stole that for the, uh, remember the movie Barbarians with the twin bodybuilders? No, no, no. They didn't steal that. The Barbarians. Uh, no, that's what I'm saying. Barbarians came afterwards and they st clearly stole it from there. But secondly, I was like, a singular exercise, if that, say if that was the only thing he did every day of his life, I understand the quads would be strong and maybe the back, but my man's, he, he, he looked like he was doing some deadlifts in the background corner or something. Just take it up to fantasy that it could happen. Because <laughs> it's a full body He's workout. a little different. It's a full body workout. You're pushing, you're driving, you're using your legs, your glutes, your back, your core, your chest. Your triceps, not necessarily your bicep, but definitely your chest, your triceps, shoulders, core, legs, glutes, and your back is all helping to push. So basically what we're saying is uh, we should all build a wheel in our backyards that we just push every day. Grind, a grinder wheel, yes. Start with 20 people pushing it. And be the last survivor. That's how it was for him. <laughs> Go through the winters. <laughs> and he noticed that they, they gave him away. It's like, he's the only worker left. And they're like, yeah, take him. Yeah, we got nothing left to grind. <laughs> I just wish, though, they let us know, like, why he was released. Why his keeper released. Would have been a nice touch. We, we, we kind True. Of I mean, like, you, you kind of get the impression, and they kind of hint at it, like, it's like um, through the narrative, they... Granted, we don't know, but maybe he has some kind of feelings of certain ways. I kind of got the impression of like, even though like he, he raised him more like a pet, maybe it's like one of those things like, I'm proud of you, live your life kind of deals. He looked drunk also. Bizarre. I mean, granted, he was making him a lot of money. He also gave him free education. Yeah. He gave him girls left or right when he wanted. I mean, he was living like, it was like he was his pimp or his manager. Pretty much, and he was smarter than uh, that one scene where we quoted that was supposed to be like one guy's son, and he's like, "That's wrong, Conan. What is it?" And he right. quotes it: "To crush your enemies, see them driven from before you, and to hear the lamentations of their women." And you could see like pride in that. That was like Genghis Khan, one of the Khan families. I actually there he said Norse, but the armor is like Mongolian armor and. Japanese armor. It's like that's again it's a blend. And it works well here. It works only well here. I just wish they made a better sequel. Because I would love to see how Conan became the cockle or Conan became king. You know what I would say? Nice. If you don't care about like keeping factual uh you know stuff, just say Red Sonia is the official sequel and then Conan the Destroyer just its own Don't call him Conan. Do they even say his name? Red Lord Colador. Yeah, I always blacked it out. <laughs> All right, guys. That is our re throwback review of Conan the Barbarian. Have you seen it? And I hope you did. Let us know what was your favorite moment. Also, give a movie or review just like here. Leave a comment below or email us at tellsatwobros at gmail.com. Until next time, we'll be the next time. I'm Angel. Madon. Love you, bro. Love you, too.